0: How many are ready for the Word of God? I said, how many are ready for the Word of God? All right, online, if you're ready, say, I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, and we're, we're going to look. Turn in your Bibles uh, to Genesis chapter 3 and hold on there because you're going to think I've forgotten all about Genesis 3, okay, uh, because I'm going to share some other things that will help us to set up Genesis 3 and to understand um, this a little bit better. But today and over, and over the next couple of weeks here and, and then even to the end of the month of October, this is spooky month, right? And, and so um, we'll get a little bit spooky around here. We're going to talk about spiritual warfare. Uh, the Bible talks about there are things that are real that you can't see. And I'm not talking about Casper or something, you know. I'm not talking about uh, ghosts or whatever other than the Holy Ghost, okay? Um, The Holy Spirit in our lives. Uh, There are spiritual beings. The Bible says we're at war And uh, we're going to look today at an initial stage. And I'm going to cover a lot of territory. And and I was really struggling about this because we're going to cover a huge amount of territory in a short amount of time. So it's going to be like an advanced class in spiritual warfare. But I thought, I've got advanced people in this church, right? Come on, somebody. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm advanced. Just in case... In case you didn't know that, all right, and just in case, uh, just in the chat, you can go ahead and say, "Ah, I'm advanced, I'm advanced, and so we're going to take an advanced course in spiritual warfare. Here's one of the greatest tricks of the devil is to convince people he is not real, that he doesn't exist. And then to paint himself as a devil, like many people in our culture, this red figure, right, with a pitchfork. There he is with a tail, and you know, he's just kind of almost kind of cute, you know. And maybe there's different versions, one that looks a little bit more evil than another. But uh, nevertheless, a lot of people uh, look at the devil that way. It's interesting. That Americans, out of Americans polled, 90% believe in God. 90% believe in God. 61% believe in a devil. That's messed up, okay? (laughs) Just, Just in case you didn't know that, that's messed up because the God who talks about himself, talks about a devil. I want to prove it to you. Let's, let's look in the Bible. Here's why I believe that there is a devil, because Jesus said so. Okay, and I just kind of go with Jesus, all right? So when, when somebody says, they're going to beat me, crucify me, but I will rise on the third day and he pulls it off. I'm gonna go with that person, right? How about you? I'm gonna go with whatever he says. So if he says there's a heaven, there's a heaven. And if he says there's a hell, there's a hell. And he says there's a devil. Our theme verse around here, just in case you didn't know, in case you're new to the church, is John 10.10. And we love the last part of that, where Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. And we believe that Jesus intends that for every person who is in this room right now and every person who is tuned into this video. You don't even know how you got this video. You don't even know how it pulled up, you were watching cat videos just a few seconds ago or whatever, and all of a sudden this video came on your phone, on your device, and you don't know why, it's so this guy could tell you that Jesus has come, not that you might have rituals, religion, or or any other kind of sophisticated churchy kind of things, but he came that you might have relationship, life with him, eternal, full, abundant life. Okay, so that, that's what he intends for every single person. But here's what the first part of the verse says. Jesus says there's a thief. And the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So Jesus says that, that's what the devil is up to. In Luke ten eighteen he calls him out. And here's what he says. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Jesus says, I, if you don't believe there's a Satan, I saw him. I saw him the day he was kicked out of heaven. Now, again, I don't have time to get into all this, but I'll just tell you, it appears that Satan originated as some kind of angelic being, perhaps even an archangel of heaven and was so proud about himself, so proud about who he was, so proud maybe about what he looked like, what he could do. Maybe he was musical and gifted in those ways. I don't know all of that for sure. But what I do know is he was expelled from heaven by God. And Jesus said, I was there. I saw it. I I know it's real. Now, here's who else says so. Paul, okay? The apostle Paul wrote over half of the New Testament. How many believe in the New Testament? The Bible, you believe in it? Okay, so again, here's a guy that much of the reason why we're here today, much of the reason why I'm preaching this book is because of Paul. And here's what Paul had to say. Ephesians chapter four, verse 27. And do not give, who? The devil a foothold. He says, don't give the devil a foothold. He says, don't give, and the word there is topas. And it means a place. And not just a place. I, when I read this and in certain versions, you can kind of think, oh, the devil got his toe in the door. But that's not really what it means. It really means he got a place. In other words, he moved in. He, another word for topaz can be Office. How many of you, maybe the devil's tried to set up office in your house? Set up office in your home. I'm going to run things from now on. See, I'm in charge. I got you addicted. I got you down. I got you defeated. Now I'm going to rule. I'm going to call the shots. And Paul says, you got to watch because you can give the devil an office in your house. And then he goes on to say in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, in order that Satan, he calls him out, might not outwit us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. Now, here's why we're doing the series so you'll be aware of his schemes. And schemes, the, the, the word for schemes means like evil schemes. You know, he's like, huh? Oh. Right? Like, oh, let's see. What can I do? You know? My little pretty, right? You know? Got the picture? Okay. So, so he's like, you know, he's scheming. And Paul says, don't get taken advantage of. You know, don't think, well, it's no big deal. You know, okay, there's a devil, Craig, you know, okay, Satan, whatever his name is. Okay, there's evil out there, whatever. No, no, no. Paul says, understand this, he's scheming. He, he's constantly scheming. And he's constantly looking for an opportunity in your life. Look at what Peter says. Peter talks about this too. A lot of you, you, know, you how many know Peter, right? Peter, one of the apostles, one of the disciples uh, who preached on the day of Pentecost, thousands of people got saved, uh, like a father in the church. Here, here's what he says in 1 Peter 5, 8. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He says, be watchful, be alert. Your adversary, the devourer, wants to swallow you up. He wants to come along and, 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 and swallow you. He's prowling like a lion. Now, please notice he says like a lion. He doesn't say he is a lion because how many already know the lion of the tribe of Judah? Come on, somebody. This is good preaching material right here. You know, just, he's the lion of the tribe of Judah, and he's the lion. Okay? But he's like a lion. And here's one of the things lions do, they roar. Why do they roar? To instill fear. See, he he wants to instill fear into your life. Now, after reading some of these verses, you may say, well, okay, now I'm afraid. Okay, and and I'm like spooked, okay? I'm like afraid of the devil. Well, let's read what Jesus went on to say. I read verse 18 of Luke 10. Let's read verse 19. Jesus goes on to say, after he's talking about, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. He says, and I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions, And to overcome, you know, and he's not talking about just like a snake out in your yard or whatever, because he goes on to describe what he's talking about in this terminology. He says, and to overcome all, somebody say all, all the power of the enemy, nothing will harm you, spiritually speaking. He says, in other words, no one can take you out of my hand. Once you're in my hand, you're going to have to jump out because no devil, no demon, no power, no principality, nothing in heaven or earth can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ <laughs> Jesus, our Lord. So, so you have power, you have rather authority over the power, and so you can have authority to overcome The enemy. Now, also, Jesus, you remember when Jesus taught people how to pray? It's called the Lord's Prayer. And some of you grew up saying the Lord's Prayer maybe every day. Maybe you went to a school where you were taught the Lord's Prayer, let's all say the Lord's Prayer, and you said the Lord's Prayer every day. Did you know that Jesus told us there's a devil in the Lord's Prayer? In Matthew 6, 13, it says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from who? The evil one. Right there. In in the Lord's prayer, he says, there is an evil one. So it is not if you're under attack, you are under attack. There is an enemy scheming right now, maybe, about your marriage. Maybe he's scheming about your relationship with your kids. Maybe he's scheming about your emotions and going to get you upset. Maybe he's scheming about your finances. Maybe he's scheming about relationships with friends, and he thinks, I'm going to get them broken up. I'm going to end this because they just encourage one another. And we're going to have to do something about that. So this series is to arm you, to equip you so that you can know that you can defeat the evil one the way Jesus said you could, that you can overcome the power of the evil one. So let me read one more scripture from Jesus. And then we're going to get to Genesis 3, okay? So all of you that are like, I think he forgot. I don't, I don't know. I, I didn't forget. Okay, so John 8, here's what Jesus says. And, and he gives a real, uh, uh, yeah, another angle. And this one's huge because this sets us up for Genesis chapter 3. John 8, He, the devil, was a murderer from the beginning, And if you know the Genesis story, you know how he was a murderer. Not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he's speaking his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. He says he can't help himself. He is gonna lie. He is going to lie to you. How many know some people that they might be related to the devil, you know? (laughs) Uh, You know some people, you're like that. I think I know some people have that native tongue, you know? That they just can't seem to tell the truth. And Jesus says, this is what Satan does, he lies. When, when he attacks you, here's what he uses, and, and he still uses this because it's so effective. As a matter of fact, if you've ever sinned, if you've ever slipped up, if you've ever doubted, if you've ever walked away from God, if you've ever succumbed to some kind of temptation, I'll tell you where it started. It started with a lie. And, and what he does is he plants a lie in your mind, so that you start believing a lie. And when you do this, here's what happens. You open the door to the devil. You open a door. And what do we say? We said what he wants to do is set up office. He, he wants to move in. He said, I, I think I'll take that room. I like the view. <laughs> kind of central to the house. Kind of influence everybody in here. And so how many of you don't want the devil living at your house? Huh? You you don't want that. Right? So here's the thing. How How does he get in? How does he pull this? Oh, he's so good at it. When you open the door, you, you, you are believing a lie. So here's here's how this works. You open the door when you don't know. Maybe you want to write this down, God's word. When you don't know God's word, now I'm not saying you don't have a Bible. I, I'm not saying you don't have the Bible downloaded on your phone. I, I'm not saying you don't have maybe more than one copy of the Bible. I'm saying you don't know it. I'm saying it might be in your house, but it's not in your heart. And there's a big difference there because the first attack that we see against humanity in Genesis chapter three is an attack on God's word. It's directed exactly exactly God's word, let's look at it. Genesis chapter 3, and verse 1. He the serpent said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from the tree in any tree in the garden? See, now Satan could have come to Eve and done all kinds of stuff, he could have said, You know, Adam doesn't love you anymore. How's that feel? He's tired of you. And and he is really put out with having to talk about emotions all the time and feelings and all this stuff and everything, and he just wants to hide out in his man cave, okay? He, he, he just doesn't, he, he's tired of it, Eve, and, and, and he doesn't love you anymore, and, and he even wishes for the day when you weren't here. I just heard him say the other day, he wished he was still just with the monkeys, just hanging out with them. It was, life was a lot more chill it was a lot more fun. You know, he didn't have to clean up after himself, you know, a lot easier. And so, you know, it's just better. He could have worked an angle to try to instill jealousy, fear, to get Eve to hate her life. You know, am I not beautiful enough anymore? What, what's wrong with me? You know, why is it that Adam's frustrated with me? What, what is it? You know, what, what, what is it about me? Instead, here's what he does. He attacks God's word. The enemy questioned God's word. Now, he didn't deny that God said it. He didn't say God, God doesn't exist You just dreamed this up. No, he wants her to question it. You know, you don't have to just go all the way over and not believe in God today. We we might get there one day, but right now, all you got to do is question God. Just question his word. Is the Bible true? I mean, you know, it's written so long ago. And, you know, how many hands has it passed through by now? And, and so can we really believe it? Can we really accept it? And you know, I'm, I'm sure that's not really the real verse or whatever. And 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 you know, Eve, if God really loved you, wouldn't He give you whatever you want? Whatever your heart's desire. I mean, that's how I love people. When I find out what they want, I give them what they want. I give them what they need. Why wouldn't God do something like that? Did, did God, think back, did God really say you can't? Like, just can't. Or, or you know, did he, did he just kind of insinuate that? I mean, after all, You're not hurting anyone. And I think as long as whatever you want to do is not hurting anybody else, then it should be okay, don't you? I mean, it's your life, and you should be free to do whatever you want to do with your life. See, when you don't know God's Word, You open the door to the evil one. Here's the second way we open the door is when you don't know God. When you don't know God. You don't know him personally. You know, because Eve started to question God. What kind of God is this? She said, you know, God, here's what God really said. Here's what God really said. God said... You can eat freely of any tree you want to, just not that one. But all the rest, you're free to eat all of them except one. And here's what the woman said. This is what the Bible says in verse two. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. Did you know she left out a word? she left out the word freely. When God said what they could do, he said, you can do this freely. And the word freely is really an imagery of the character of God, the goodness of God, the generosity of God, that God looked around and said, you know, there's... How many, where's my scientific people here? How many trees are there in the world? Okay, 5,000, I don't know. You don't know either. All right, so, so it, it's whatever. And, and, and God says, hey, eat all 5,000 except one. And, and it showed the generosity of God because God could have said this whole section. <laughs> the... the all of these 10 trees. And how many know when you're the one that created them, that's still pretty generous, you know, 10 trees. But that's not what God said. God said, all of them freely eat, enjoy yourselves, and just this one, hold out for me. See, that's kind of like tithing. We were talking about tithing earlier and tithing, a lot of people look at the amount and say, whoa, that's a lot. And then what you're doing is you're not looking at the 90% that God said you can have. Enjoy it. Do whatever you want with it, but just give me that 10%. And and it's kind of the same thing here where God says, hey, you can do all of this. You can have 99%. Of all these trees to enjoy, but you just hold one. And so she starts questioning, and, and the moment Satan started the questioning of God's word, Eve questioned the goodness of God. Is he really good? Is, is he really good? When you start to question the goodness of God, here's what happens. It's easier to disobey the will of God, right? Because you think, well, I know God says that, but hey, you know, I I don't know that he knows what I need, what I want, what I desire. And so therefore, you know, I'm in a better position to be able to make this judgment and this call on what I need to do. And see, the enemy is just saying, oh, here we go, here we go, here we go. I'm moving in. I'm getting ready to set up office. I'm I'm getting ready to take the living room. I thought maybe it'd be the spare bedroom, but no. I'm gonna be right there in the living room. Because the enemy twists God's word. And Eve says, we can eat from any but one or we will die. That's what's gonna happen if we eat that one. And here's what the enemy says in verse four. You will not certainly die. You know, I, I don't think that's the, that's not really the word I think if you could look it up, Eve, you would see that that's not the original meaning. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, verse five, for God knows. Again, he's not not saying, he's not dissing God that God's not real, that God doesn't speak or whatever. He says, God knows something you don't know. How many can believe that? Right. So far, so good. It's it's working that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Here's the problem. Eve is already like God. (laughs) Did you know that? God says, look at all this. I I got trees, I got frogs, I got rivers, I got mountains, I got sun, I got moon, I got stars, I got galaxies, I got all this. It's still not enough. God says, I'll tell you what let's do. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. And I'm going to breathe into him, not like the giraffe, not like the gorilla, not like other things. In this one, I'm going to breathe the breath of life. I'm going to put a spirit in this one. Don't you know you're different than anything else, right? You're different than anything else. And and Eve was different than anything else. If she she would have just stopped and thought, well, devil, I'm already like God. That's the whole point. I'm so different than everything else. I'm already made in his image. But see, he's twisting the truth. And, and, And so what he does with us, he says, you know, God will understand besides No one has the right to judge you. Doesn't that book say, don't judge? You you shouldn't be judged for what you do. It doesn't matter what you do. Again, as long as you're not hurting anybody, because God loves you and he forgives you, even if you mess up, and God wants you to be happy, right? Right? We already talked about that. God wants you to be happy, so go ahead. Smoke it. <laughs> Pop it. Watch it. Touch it. You deserve it, right? Before long, you don't realize my family is under attack. My marriage is under attack. My children are under attack. My friends are under attack. My finances are under attack. There's a battle going on. And what you have to decide and determine today, I am not going to let The devil set up office in my house. I am not gonna let him move into my kids' bedroom. He's not moving into my bedroom. He's not moving into my laundry room. He's not moving into my garage. He's not moving anywhere near me. I'm not going to let him steal my kids, steal my marriage, steal my money, steal my sanity, steal my health, steal my joy, steal my peace. He's not going to take it. Somebody say it. He's not going to take it. He's not going to take it. Come on. He's not going to take it my joy. He's not going to take my peace. And so the Bible says there are things we can do to fight back against the enemy. And we're going to look a little bit more at this next week. But I just want you to know that God didn't leave us empty handed to fight off the devil. We have defensive armor. The Bible talks about. We have and it describes it like a soldier. You know, a helmet of salvation, uh, breastplate of righteousness, and uh, we have uh, you know our loins girded and all these things. And and so we have all these 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 parts that we can be defended against the enemy attack. But there's one weapon that the Bible describes that is an offensive weapon to fight against the enemy. And that's where I wanna go right now. The Bible says there's an offensive weapon that we can use and it is the word of God. Ephesians chapter six, verse 17 says, the sword, we take up the sword of the spirit well, what is the sword of the Spirit? We don't have to wonder. We don't have to debate. We don't have to have a church meeting. We don't have to vote or whatever. We don't have. To oh, I think the original means whatever. No, we don't have to do that. It spells it out. It's the Word of God. This is why you don't need to just own a copy. You need to let it on you, okay? You you got to have it inside of you because it's a weapon to use against the enemy. It, it The Bible, listen, somebody says, oh, the good book. And, and sometimes when, I and I hope somebody won't leave the church or whatever, but if you do, there's there'll be somebody after you, okay? So I'm just saying, because we're, we're trying to reach lost people, and, and if you get offended at this, you're going to get offended one week or another, okay? So if, you, if it's not this week, it'll be another week. Uh, but, but people who'd say the good book, and there's just something in me that like cringes because I think, I think maybe somebody might say, Moby Dick is a good book. Or somebody might say, you know, the Count of Monte Cristo or I don't know, there could be all kinds of books that, you know, that people have written and whatever. I want you to know that this is the way I look at the Bible. It is not just a good book. It is the book. It is the only book. It is the inspired Word of God. Okay? So, so that's, that's just how I look at it. All right? And, 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 and this is what the Bible says, is this weapon, it is used in spiritual warfare. So you're not out there without a weapon. You you have a weapon, you've just got to learn to use it. And, and so the description here is it's like this handy sword, that this short sword that in close proximity you can use to fight off the attacks of the evil ones. As a matter of fact, the writer of the Hebrews talks about it as well. In Hebrews chapter four, verse two, 12, it says, for the word of God is alive. How many know it's alive? Inactive, sharper than any two-edged sword. So there it is again. It's, it's the sword that you can use. And I want us to compare Eve Okay, we, we just read what happened to Eve. Eve, Eve got all messed up, start, started believing that, I don't know, did God really say? Oh, I'm not sure. How'd he put that? What, what, maybe I can choose a little bit of my own. And is God holding out? I thought he was good, but if God's good, then why is this happening to me? Why is my family going through this? Why is this going on? Why, if God's so good, then well, maybe you've got something there, serpent. Maybe there, there is something here. How does this happen? I'll, I'll tell you, we're going to compare her story real quick to Jesus' story, all right? Jesus, in Matthew chapter 4, is tempted by the same devil, And he used some of the same kind of tactics on Jesus that he used on Eve. He he starts twisting the word of God. And he says, hey, you're hungry. You're out here fasting. That's awesome, whatever. Uh, But, you know, by now you're starved to death and you could turn these stones into bread. And what does Jesus say? Jesus does not say, Well, I I don't think I should really do that, you know. I mean, you know, and what kind of bread would I turn it to, you know? um, So I'm just kind of in a dilemma, and so I'm not just not sure. No, he, he doesn't engage in some kind of philosophy of bread or whatever with the devil. He just says, "Man, it is written. Where's it written?" Right here. You don't just have a copy. You you have it copied in you. And he says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I'm living on the word right now. And Jesus, one other time, with his disciples, would say, you all went out for lunch. I'm telling you, I had food you don't even know about right here. And they looked around and said, who fed him? And, and what he was talking about was changing a woman's life. And he says, that, that just feeds me when that happens. And, and so the devil says, well, that didn't go work. So he says, well, I'll tell you what. If you throw yourself down, it, it, it's written somewhere in there. Um, if you throw yourself down, he... We'll even send angels. He, he will lift you up. He'll keep you. He won't let your foot even dash against a stone. And Jesus says, It, it is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. And again, the devil's like, uh, Okay. This is tougher than I thought. You know? And so... He says, I'll tell you what, look at these kingdoms, these beautiful cities. Look at all this culture. Look at all that's around. If you just bow down and worship me, all this can be yours. No cross, no nails, no thorns jars. And Jesus says, get away from me, Satan. It is written, worship the Lord, your God only. I'm only going to worship. How many today? The devil has tried to get you to worship other things. He's tried to get you to worship cars. He's tried to get you to worship houses. He's tried to get you to worship sex. He's tried to get you to worship other things, food, whatever it is in your life to get you to crave it more than anything else. But somewhere in your life, you realize there's something greater. There's something more. And you know your worship belongs only to him who died for you. So here's the thing, Jesus, Jesus was tested by these lies, but he knows the word and he knows the father. And and even in his hour of greatest trial, he says, not my will, father, but your will be done. If there's another way, I'm all for it, but I submit to you. Let's read one more verse, and then we're going to wrap this up. Psalm 119, verse 11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. How do you keep the devil out? You don't just have a Bible somewhere. Or you don't just have a Bible there. You have a Bible here. Here. In your heart, because I don't care how many crosses you hang around your neck or from your ears or on your T-shirts or whatever else. And by the way, if you're watching today, I don't always wear a T-shirt. That's the title of my message. Okay, so it just so happened that today it fit. All right. But but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Is, is we've got to get it in our hearts, and I'm just telling you, when you do, it's powerful. So, I, d- I just put down this week some ways to help you to use the sword of the spirit. Here, here's how you would use it when you are discouraged, anybody discouraged or get discouraged from time to time, you just say, Why? Am I downcast, O my soul? I will put my hope in the Lord. For the joy of the Lord is my strength. When your family is under attack, you say no weapon formed against me shall prosper. That as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. When I don't know if I can make it another day, it is written, do not grow weary in doing good, for in due season you will reap if you don't give up. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. When the diagnosis is not good, I believe with all my heart that all Things are possible to him that believes. All things are possible with God. By the stripes on Jesus' back, I am healed. When I'm not sure what I need to do, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. After what? You did, maybe you messed up this week big time and maybe more than just you knew about it. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit of God. When I fear, when I'm afraid, I will not be afraid because God Is with me, and God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. God is not a liar, it says. He is a good father. He is faithful throughout all generations. He loves me. He's my rescue. He's my defense. He's my comfort. He's my strength of my life. He's my sword and my shield and the lifter of my head. He's my shepherd. He's my rock. He's my fortress. He's my deliverer. He's my soon coming king of kings and lord of lords. Therefore, I will not be defined by what I have done. God's grace is more powerful than my sin. I am forgiven because Christ already paid my debt. My record has been wiped Clean, even when others remind me of my past, I will not let it limit my future. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old had passed away, and the new has come. Sin has no power over me. I have authority over the enemy. I can resist the enemy, and he will. Flee! I have access to my heavenly Father so much so that nothing can separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. As a matter of fact, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I am more than a conqueror. who I am. That's who you are. So when the enemy comes and he says, you're not, you're not, or God's not, here's what you do. You say, oh yes, he is. This is what he is. Cause this is what he said he is. And this is what he always will be. And you believe in it and you trust him and you put your confidence in a book that has never been forsaken, that's never been destroyed. Armies have marched against it. Conquerors have tried to stamp it out, tried to burn it out. And yet the word of God stands forever. God said the flowers fade and everything else will fade away. But the word of the Lord will stand forever. Hey. He's not moving in. Come on, say it with me. He's not moving in. He's not moving in. I'm going to believe the Lord's word over anything else. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that today, in the power of your word, we can have victory. Maybe you're here in this place or you're watching online, and... uh, Maybe you'd be honest enough just say, man, Craig, sometimes I get busy, and and before you know it, it's been a while. It's been a while. Maybe I need to get back to writing some verses up on my mirror in in my house. Or maybe I need to set a reminder in my phone so that I can see the Word of God every day. Maybe I need to get on a reading plan like I used to. Or maybe you just need, to, just need to meditate every day on God's Word. I don't know where this falls with you, but if you'd say, Craig, I, I wanna be a strong soldier. I want the Word of God to be my sword, I wanna go against the enemy. I don't want him coming in my house. I recognize how he gets in and I'm gonna do all that I can through the power of his word to keep him out. How many of raise a hand and say, yeah, that's me today. Father in heaven, for those in this room and those online, that that we know what we need to do. We just get busy, some of us. Some of us, it, it just, before long, it's, Oh, we've got secondhand word. It's just what the preacher said or what somebody else said. God, we already know that sometimes that's not always, not always accurate in our our brains. We need it fresh from you, firsthand knowledge. So God today, help us to make time for what's most important. So for some of us, Help us to start setting the alarm a little bit earlier so we can start reading. For others of us, we're gonna eat lunch a little faster so we can get that word in us. Or we're gonna stay up a little bit later so that we can partake of spiritual strength so that we can fight off the evil one. Maybe you're here today or maybe you're online and, and maybe the enemy has moved into your life and and maybe because you, you didn't know any better maybe because you, you just opened your life to him and and now you you've got hell to pay so so much for it because all hell maybe has broken loose in your life and different things have happened because the enemy has moved in but i'm here to say Once again, greater is he that comes to live in you than he that's in the world. And Jesus has the power to break the enemy's hold over your life. You may not have the power, but he has the power. And as you invite Jesus in today, as you invite God into your life, he brings the power to live in victory. And if you say, well, I need that in my life. I need Jesus in my life. Just stretch your hand if you're in this place way up high, here in this room, all over this room, and online, just type the word decided in the chat, just like people do every week. Today's your day. Today is your day to be saved. Today is your day to be rescued, just type it in the chat, decided. Come on, let's pray. Everybody pray this prayer so that those around you will pray it. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me, to be my sacrifice for all of my sin. And I know I've sinned, I admit that, but I want to stop I want to move forward and I need your power to do it. So I invite you to come in, set up house in my life and put the enemy out. Give me victory in every situation through the power of your spirit as I surrender all to you in Jesus name. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate those who made that declaration. Listen, there are words on the screens that you can text right from your seat. You don't even have to move. And you can do a next step and we can share with you what that can look like if you need to be baptized, if you need to join a, a class, to grow, if you want to serve around here and get in with other people, whatever it is that, that you need to do is your next step. Also, there's a next steps room where you can get answers today, right here, right now, right across this hallway. But here's what I want us to do. All right. You get a bonus for being in in here today, all right? You could have been online, but you're in here. And here's what I've been praying all week that there's people that the enemy lies to all the time. Do you ever get tired of it? He just lies all the time. And he says, you're always gonna have that addiction. You're always gonna have it. You thought you could quit, but you can't. He'll lie and say, "You, you hoped for a good marriage—you hoped for it, but it's not. That's not your situation. That's not going to be you. Your kids are always going to be lost. They're going to go to hell, and you're going to—you're going to have to live with that. The enemy is so evil. Come on, somebody. So evil. What he does is he uses those lies so that like Eve, you'll you'll believe the lie. You'll believe what he's telling you. But how many know we got a, a higher word today, right? We've got a higher word. And if you're here today and you've had that addiction long enough, and your children have been away from God long enough. And your body has been racked with pain long enough. You've put up with that disease. You've put up with that oppression. You've put up with that depression. You've put up with that anxiety. You've put up with that fear long enough. I believe that today can be the day. Why not? Why not? That woman said, why not? I think if I could just touch him, everybody's touching him, but I think if I touch him with faith, I'll never be the same again. And guess what? That day was her day. And I believe today can be your day. We're going to speak the name, how many love this song? We're gonna speak the name of Jesus over our family, over our finances, over, we're gonna speak his name. I don't tell the devil to get away from me in the name of Craig, okay? I, I'm so great, I'm so bad, I'm so, you know, whatever. No, no, I, a lot of times I agree with the devil. The devil says, you're, you're this, you're that, and I say, you're right but He loves me anyway. And He forgives me. And He still uses me. And He will you too. So let's stand, let's stand. Come on, sing this song. And if you're ready, if you're ready to be free, you're ready, today is your day. This is the last day I deal with anxiety. I remember when Rochelle, Fought anxiety for a few years and she decided today is my day to be free and God broke something in her life. Today could be that day for you. Come on.